Before we get into today's episode, I just wanna let you all know about a little secret project that I have been creating behind the scenes. I've created a new channel called Thinkology. If you like, or perhaps you're in the mood for some slightly shorter content than what my channel does from time to time, where not everything is always depressing and sad, then make sure to check out the new channel. Now, while I am not voicing on it, I have sourced some amazing talent to bring this new channel to life. And this channel will cover history on Mondays, creepy and spooky things on Tuesdays, nature on Wednesdays, crime on Thursdays, and just trivia and fun facts on Fridays. So if that's something that might interest you, and if you're someone who really loved Weird Wild World on my channel and you were sad when it went away, it got moved to this channel. So if you wanna check out all of that, make sure to go to Thinkology. I will leave the link in the description box. Hello and welcome to Multi-Level Mondays, a weekly series all about pyramid schemes, Ponzi schemes, multi-level marketing, and other forms of business fraud. I'm the Illuminati, and today we're going to be talking about a once massive MLM known as Advocare. Although I've talked about supplement companies endlessly, Advocare is large enough and with enough controversy that they're worth getting back into it and addressing the issues with supplement MLMs yet again. And oh boy, does Advocare have plenty of issues. So without further ado, let's get right into it and start as always with their company history. Advocare, short for Advocates Who Care, began with Charlie Ragus. Ragus started with none other than MLM Titan Herbalife in the 80s, and in 1989, started an MLM called Omni Nutrition International. Omni Nutrition was, to put it bluntly, a hot mess. And seriously, only three years after operating, they were sued by members of their retail force that claimed that the company was really a fraudulent pyramid scheme. The court stated that, quote, Omni Nutrition's rules, while carefully crafted to appear like those in Amway, are weaker in operation. The key to any anti-pyramiding rule in a program like Omni Nutrition's, where the basic structure serves to reward recruitment more than retailing, is that the rule must serve to tie recruitment bonuses to actual retail sales in some way. Omni Nutrition has failed to prove that as a matter of law, its rules operate in that manner. So that's obviously not a great look for Omni Nutrition or Ragus to say the least. The party settled in 1998 and Omni Nutrition still operates today, claiming that it built an excellent reputation for its superb business ethics. Ragus didn't want to deal with this messy suit though, and he left the pyramid scheme to start, well, another one, Advocare. In 1993, a year after the lawsuit began, Ragus launched Advocare. In the early days, he decided Advocare would focus on sports and he enlisted coaches from Southern Methodist University to work for him. Advocare's HQ is in Plano, Texas, so it's not that far from the university. One of his earliest distributors, Bruce Badgett, claimed that the company's top salesmen would make trips to NFL locker rooms, forging handshake deals with strength coaches for the Chiefs, Cowboys, and Oilers. ESPN writes, Occasionally, he says, they even set up the players' wives with lucrative distributorships. The company denies that this practice occurs. Advocare's sports ties gave us credibility with every person, every mom who has a son playing football, Badgett says. Like other MLMs, Advocare created a ladder system for its salespeople. In order to climb the ranks, which ranged from advisor to platinum and earn bigger bonuses, members had to recruit. Badgett, along with several other distributors who joined Advocare in its early years, rose to the pinnacle, earning millions. At one point, he says, he presided over a downline of more than 30,000 people, collecting commissions on sales from members many levels beneath him. 
1999, he and his wife bought a ranch in Oklahoma and named it Advocare Acres, branding their horses with the company's logo, a swooping A. Ragus passed away not long after starting Advocare in 2001 and sales slumped. Richard Wright ended up taking over not long after his passing. Richard had gone to college at Louisiana Tech in nursing to be a nurse anesthetist, but he never took his state boards when he graduated. Instead, he became a top salesman in Houston for a pharmaceutical sales company, though he left that business four years later. After returning to his hometown, Wright got involved in MLMs and then somehow jumped into a telecom IT startup before selling his shares in 2004 when the partnership went south. Wright later took a job as a congressman's senior staffer in Louisiana before Ragus, shortly before his death, encouraged Wright to serve on the board of Advocare. Though Wright originally intended to actually run for Congress when Ragus died, Wright ultimately agreed to take over as CEO. Advocare started partaking in some particularly shady tactics soon after Ragus' death, and we'll get to that in just a moment. They were able to weather these storms though, and when the economic collapse happened a few years later, Advocare boomed. Their work from home and work whenever you want and get extra cash message appealed to a lot of desperate Americans. So more and more people signed up. In 2010, they hired quarterback Drew Brees of the NFL as their national spokesman, certainly giving them an air of legitimacy, earned or not. Brees, as well as other athletes who signed with Advocare are integral to their recruitment technique, referred to as the bulletproof shield. Apparently, distributors will ignore or skirt around any questions related to scientific or health studies and state, well, I don't know about that, but what I do know is, and then go on and on about stories of success or anecdotal evidence relating to these celebrity athletes. This tactic is heavily utilized by Advocare top earners, such as couple Danny and Diane McDaniel. And yes, those are their real names, Dan McDan. Not that you'll forget with a name like that, but remember Dan McDan over there because he'll become important later. Now that we've got a decent idea of what Advocare is about and just a taste of how they operate, let's move on to some of the products they sell. So I won't bore you with describing every single detail and supplement they sell. Those of you who've seen any of my other episodes about supplements know the drill. The products are pretty standard. They have spark sticks, which are just little energy supplements you put into your drink, and it costs $50 for 30 stick packs. $50 a month if you have one a day. Their supplements cost $40 for 14 servings, and so about $80 a month for this MNS Omni package. From what I can tell, it's built like many other supplements in terms of the ingredients and price point, so there's nothing all that unique here. What I did find unique, however, is that the reviews were not only poor, but even reviews from sellers were bad. On Advocare's own site, you have to answer the question, are you a distributor, when you post a review, and many of these independent distributors even comment on these products revealing changes in the formula that they, as distributors, would be keenly aware of. For example, Jennifer wrote, this is no comparison to MNS3. Do not buy if you are looking to replace MNS3. The formula is completely different. The doses of each vitamin has been drastically decreased. About 200 people as of writing this found that comment generally helpful or as well like liked the comment while only three didn't. So distributors and customers alike aren't enjoying this product. This comment below, also from a distributor, reads as follows. I have used the MNS line for 15 years. The newer, cheaper version is the latest attempt of a great company downgrade from the original version and ruin what was once a great product. The daily values were cut almost in half. There's zero appetite control. My body couldn't handle the energy level of the other MNS lines. This used to be perfect. Very disappointed in Advocare now. 
And there's plenty of other reviews like this, many of them from around February, 2021. But I won't say that MNSC was a fantastic product. You all know how I feel about supplements, but I find it laughably terrible that distributors themselves don't like this product to the extent that they'll actually badmouth it on Advocare's own website. This isn't true of all their products, of course. They have a berry supplement called Adva Greens Reds Powder Canister with decent reviews, as well as Sleepworks, a multi-nutrient that seems popular too. But I do think it speaks volumes that they changed a product to make it cheaper, even to the extent that their core customers, who are ironically their sellers, don't even wanna touch the thing. Of course, this isn't the only time Advocare has cut corners in their products. One of those shady activities I mentioned earlier that happened shortly after Ragus died, it took place in about 2002 when Advocare began cutting their product with ephedra. Herbalife used ephedra too, and we've mentioned that in the past. Ephedra can heighten blood pressure and even cause strokes. Ephedra was banned by the FDA in 2004 as a result of this and as the National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health stated, quote, Prior to the ban, substantial research had been done on ephedra's short-term effects on weight loss and its harmful effects, end quote. In other words, an abundance of data proving that ephedra was bad for you existed, but Advocare, despite their company name, didn't care. As if we need further evidence to back that up though, they soon came under fire for marketing a caffeinated energy drink to children ages four to 11. In 2005, the New York Times wrote, the drink called Spark contains several stimulants and is sold in two formulations. One is for children four to 11 years old that includes roughly the amount of caffeine found in a cup and a half of coffee and one containing twice that amount for teenagers and adults. Despite the promotional materials, Cindy Stowes and Rick Loy, executives with Advocare International of Texas, which makes the products, said Spark was not devised or marketed for children's athletic performance, but rather for their overall good health. It's not just a caffeine delivery system. It has many more nutritional properties, said Stowes, senior vice president for research and development at Advocare, the nation's leading company in direct marketing of dietary supplements for athletes. Many of Advocare's customers say that they love the products, but pediatricians, medical experts, and others involved in youth sports express strong concern about the levels of caffeine and the idea of encouraging children to use performance-enhancing products especially at a time when professional athletes are under scrutiny for using stimulants and muscle builders. And this is what bothers me about these MLMs more than anything. Anecdotal evidence is frequently treated as evidence and science arguing against MLM products is often disputed or ignored. Around this time, they were also paid $5,000 to sponsor a high school wrestling tournament in Sacramento, but they garnered a lot of pushback and negative publicity, so they stopped sponsoring school events. They still sponsored World of Wrestling National Championship tournaments though, attended by several thousand children from four to 18 years old. Even if these aren't school events, the way that they target, market to, and attend events for kids is questionable at best. Advocare continued to fight back though and released a statement saying that energy drinks and sodas hold more caffeine than their products. Even so, many argued that their drink held the maximum amount that's safe and promoting a sports or energy enhancing drink to kids is inappropriate. From what I can tell now, looking at their site, everything says it's for ages 18 and older on the directions for use, at least on all energy drink related products. I think it's pretty pathetic that Advocare knuckled down even when they were called out for this by medical professionals, but at least they did change this in time. But of course, this isn't all of it. US swimmer Jessica Hardy missed the 2008 Olympics after taking what she said was a supplement containing a banned substance. This was an incredibly high profile case and would absolutely ruin Advocare's reputation if true. They sell to and are promoted by athletes only to have banned substances in them. 
That's a massive yikes on trikes from me. Swimming World Magazine wrote, Hardy, who tested positive at the trials for the banned stimulant clenbuterol, filed the lawsuit last week in Los Angeles Superior Court against Carlton, Texas-based Advocare International, seeking unspecified damages. Universalsports.com on Thursday obtained a copy of that lawsuit. The 21-year-old Hardy would have been a medal contender in Beijing in two individual events, as well as at least one, maybe two relays. Instead, as the lawsuit relates, she stayed home, hit with a two-year doping-related suspension, deprived of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity while weighing damage to her reputation. Hardy's lawsuit also stated that she retained anti-doping research in LA, a lab founded by Don Catlin, the former director of the World Anti-Doping Agency accredited lab at UCLA. The lab apparently found the presence of clenbuterol in samples of arginine extreme and nighttime recovery, Advocare products that Hardy turned in. Yet Advocare, on the other hand, claimed that they had their products tested by NSF International, a nonprofit that certifies supplements free from taint for the NFL, which confirmed no clenbuterol present in the Advocare supplements. So who's lying, Hardy or Advocare? If you've been around here for a little while, you know that nothing is truly black and white. It sure seems as if Advocare is lying here. In 2009, the arbitration panel presiding over Hardy's appeal of her suspension reduced her suspension to one year, finding that she met her burden of proof in showing that there was slight trace of clenbuterol in Advocare's products. Advocare said that the arbitration was severely flawed and in turn filed a lawsuit against Hardy. As far as I could find, this countersuit didn't exactly go anywhere and some sources claim that Advocare only obtained independent certification on one of the 10 products Jessica Hardy used. Ultimately, that's where that story ends, but personally, I wish that that had done more damage to Advocare. I think they deserve to lose all their business after that. Like first and foremost, there was a banned substance found in their products. But worse yet, how on earth can they claim to be a friend or partner to athletes and then behind the scenes, they're ruining careers and reputations? Unfortunately, this is only the beginning and there's many, many more lawsuits. But before we jump into that mess, let's take a quick moment to thank today's sponsors. Now that fall is pretty much here, I like switching up my meals and discovering more seasonal favorites, but also I don't really wanna search out new recipes. I want the variety without the digging. And that's where HelloFresh comes in, offering over 50 weekly recipes in a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients, so I don't get bored. HelloFresh sends fresh pre-measured ingredients straight to your door so you can try something new every single week. Now, firecracker meatballs have not been on the menu recently for me. I'm a little bit upsetty spaghetti about it, but I'm pretty sure it's gonna be coming back. And like I said, if you have not tried those, you need to try those. But recently I've also been a big fan of like some of their quicker on the go stuff. They've had like little pesto sandwiches that you can make really quick, some flatbread pizza. It's like super easy. Plus you can receive your ingredients guilt-free because HelloFresh is the first carbon neutral meal kit. They offset 100% of carbon emissions, making their carbon footprint 25% lower than buying groceries at the store. So go to hellofresh.com slash MLM14 and use code MLM14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. That is up to 14 free meals and free shipping when you go to hellofresh.com slash MLM14 and use code MLM14. This episode is also sponsored by Athena Club, the giver of dolphin legs. That is not their official slogan, but that's always how I'm gonna remember them is because they give me dolphin legs. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about shaving your legs. If you're someone who does it like me, you know it's not always the best experience, but 
I gotta tell you, it definitely changed and I've been using Athena Club for months at this point and I absolutely am in love. Their razor blade is surrounded by a water activated serum with shea butter and hyaluronic acid, which is like the holy grail for skincare and it leaves your legs so, so soft. And the razor kit is only nine bucks, like that's it. You can choose your own handle color if you wanna do like black, white or like something teal, something peachy, like you choose whatever you want. And they have the dreamiest shave foam that is finally back in stock. And it leaves your skin soft, hydrated, and smooth. And you absolutely need to pick that up too. So show your skin you care with the Athena Club Razor Kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code MLM. That's athenaclub.com, use promo code MLM for 20% off. So do you remember Bruce Badgett? Sorry, I know there's quite a few names to keep track of here, but Dan McDan will come up later again, but Bruce was one of the earliest salesmen who earlier claimed that they would go into the NFL locker rooms, that guy. Well, Bruce didn't exactly get along with Advocare in 2009, so he sued them. Bruce alleged that he and his wife, Teresa, had been active in more than a dozen years before their distributorship was canceled by the company in 2006 for vague and trumped up charges. And that's my other issue with MLMs is that you don't actually own your own company as some sellers claim. So you can be fired from them at any time, as is this case. In Bruce's case, it was for virtually no reason at all. According to the Dallas Business Journal, the Badgets alleged that Advocare Management misappropriated profit streams developed and earned by them to benefit Advocare Management and other distributors instead, according to court documents. The jury found that Advocare engaged in false, misleading, or deceptive practices that damaged the Badgets and that the termination provisions of the provider contract with Advocare were unconscionable, according to court documents. The verdict will help to ensure that other people don't get into a situation where they spend years of their life developing a multi-level sales network only to have it taken away from them by Advocare, said Ted Anderson of Kilgore and Kilgore in Texas, who was the trial counsel for the Badgets. Advocare, unsurprisingly, refused to admit any wrongdoing and countered back saying they plan to appeal, saying that the plaintiffs aren't customers. Therefore, they don't fit the statutory definition necessary to be covered by the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act. In actuality though, we know that MLM sellers are ultimately customers. They are the entire basis for an MLM's consumer basis and MLM fails without them. And that's why so many distributors lose so much money to begin with. So needless to say, yeah, Advocare didn't win this one. Instead, they had to pay $1.9 million and court costs for how they behaved. And as bad as this might look though, there is far, far worse things on the horizon. Now, before we get into the final lawsuits and what would ultimately end Advocare the MLM, I wanna talk about the company culture and statistics. In 2016, ESPN wrote a fantastic expose on the company and discussed this in great length. There's too much information about it for me to not address it. Advocare, like many other MLMs, was pretty cult-like, close-knit, and only benefited the higher-ups. ESPN said that according to their own income disclosure, out of over half a million distributors, only 154,000 earned checks from the company. Only 23,000 of those earned more than 1,000. Only 2,800 of those 23,000 earned more than $10,000. And only 318 people made a six-figure salary or more. That means that only half a percent earned more than $10,000. Half of a percent. And yet many Advocare advocates or sellers, Hunbots, distributors, or whatever word you want to use would put immense pressure on friends and family to join. ESPN wrote, 
Lori Crossan lives at the end of a dirt road in Shelton, Washington, a tiny logging community of less than 10,000. For 17 years, she worked as a mortgage lender, making really good money. Then the real estate market collapsed and her income dried up. When one of her friends told her about Advocare a few years ago, she was skeptical, but the friend kept calling and inviting her to parties. She said, you've been heavy on my heart. I hope you'll be there, recalls Crossan. Eventually, she caved. When you become an Advocare distributor, you sign a long, complicated contract. The latest version is 33 pages that outlines the company's pay plan. Advocare's products are generally pricier than their store brand equivalents, but advisors can buy them at a discount to resell. Advocare forbids distributors from using sites like Amazon or eBay. Widespread availability would undermine the direct sales model. If advisors sign people up, they can earn up to 3.5% of the retail value of products bought by their recruits and the people below them and receive bonuses for growing their downlines. Crossan wasn't really able to bring in new recruits, but she kept purchasing products to meet the monthly quota to qualify for commissions. You have to spend money to make money is what she was told. However, when she heard one training video, the illusion came crashing down for her. That line was, I've been thinking about you. You've been heavy on my heart. Simply put, yeah, it was a massive betrayal and I feel horribly for Crossan. I can only imagine how upset she would have been hearing that. All along, she may have thought that her friend genuinely cared for her well-being, her finances, her health, whatever the case may be, and then discovered it was just something thrown out to get a recruit. Crossan also realized once she and her husband left Advocare in 2011 that they spent more than $6,000 on products, draining their savings. Several relatives of Advocare distributors said that they tried to talk about the statistics with family members, but they were shunned. Robert Fitzpatrick, an industry critic who has consulted on federal cases involving pyramid schemes, says he's heard similar stories about MLMs. I have people constantly contacting me. My son wants to drop out of college. My spouse wants to mortgage the house. They won't listen to me. They won't talk to me about due diligence. Fitzpatrick says that across the industry, veteran distributors enforce such behavior, urging new members to segregate themselves. At the core, he says, they're cults. Further legitimizing this cult and making it appear like a genuine opportunity were other athletes like Philip Rivers, Alex Smith, Jason Witten, Andy Dalton, Doug Fister, Colton Wong, Lee Jansen, Trevor Bain, and Joe Pavelski, to name a few. Drew Brees, the NFL quarterback, was undoubtedly the face of Advocare, but plenty others took part, about 65 on their site, according to ESPN. And people truly believed in Drew Brees as well. One former distributor, Chavez, was in the crowd when Breeze spoke around 2013 and said he'd been convinced to just put the event on a credit card, give it a whirl, and soon quit his job and spent $15,000 trying to build his business out of his living room. He barely broke even, but he kept trying, hoping that he'd be on that Advocare stage like Drew. Drew himself seemed to embody what Advocare was, or at least what they wanted from their sellers. He was a family man, philanthropist, and devout Christian. And he, just like plenty of other sellers, was rooted in denial. When asked if Advocare was an MLM, Drew would say, no, it's a direct sales business model. I've seen many MLMs use this language, knowing the bad reputation the words multi-level marketing have, but that doesn't make them any less of an MLM or pyramid scheme. As for the devout Christian aspect, even though Advocare doesn't and didn't really broadcast that side to the public, it was an incredibly popular aspect to the MLM. The founder's guiding principles started with honor God through our faith, family, and friends. You can even read that on their About Us on the website. There are some congregations here in Dallas where if you participate in some of the groups, you will participate in Advocare, one former member says. 
the intermingling of business and faith has caused turmoil inside the business. Lance Wimmer, a consultant who was hired to help him turn around the company in 2005, says the top distributors were divided by religion. The devout churchgoers held more power and wielded it over others. And yeah, that definitely sounds a bit cultish to me. Religion was brought up at the events and one youth basketball coach, Sharif Kamel, even claimed that he was fired after clashing with a member above him because said member sent him a racist text. Kamel sued and Advocare, as they do, countersued. According to the lawsuit, Kamel claims that the company promoted racism against distributors with Egyptian heritage, as evidenced by their inaction against a member that sent him the text and how they fired him instead. Unfortunately, Kamel's phone was damaged while on vacation, and I believe in large part because that evidence was lost, Advocare won the case. Kamel has also claimed that distributors would always say, quote, this is your calling, you are serving others, it's the Christian thing to do, end quote, during meetings. Of course, even if the alleged racism, cult-like tactics, and discrimination didn't really catch up with Advocare, the FTC sure as hell was about to. In 2019, the FTC shut down Advocare for, you guessed it, being a pyramid scheme. The company, its former CEO, and two top promoters were permanently banned from multi-level marketing. And those promoters' names? Yep, Dan McDan and his wife, Diane. But in all seriousness, it is McDaniel, but I still find it hilarious. The FTC complaint filed in federal court specifically named Advocare, Brian Connolly, Danny McDaniel, Diane McDaniel, Carlton Hardman, and Lisa Hardman as operating or having some form of control over this illegal pyramid scheme. The complaint read that income was based on downline recruitment and not sales. They wrote that consumers, and by this they meant sellers, would typically spend between $1,200 and $2,400 purchasing products to reach the level of advisor. On page six of the complaint where the FTC talks about promotion through deception, it reads, to recruit consumers to join Advocare, defendants regularly host events to disseminate materials featuring deceptive income claims. These events and materials include in-person meetings and conferences, webinars, conference calls, podcasts, social media posts, videos, and print materials. Two of the most prominent recruiting materials are Solutions for Your Success, a DVD of income testimonials that the company encourages all distributors to use to recruit new participants, and Impact, a magazine the company produces biannually and sends to all new distributors. Through these events and materials, defendants promote Advocare as a financial solution through which consumers can attain financial freedom and eliminate the constraint of traditional employment. They discuss how Advocare is also presented as a life-changing financial solution, when that couldn't be further from the truth. Defendants published thousands of deceptive income claims in everything from recruiting videos to podcasts to events. Even though a tiny fraction of a percentage of people actually made money with Advocare, the company and many distributors would pitch Advocare as if it was a great investment and opportunity for anyone who tried it. They apparently emphasized how much money they earned because as Diane put it, If your stories don't have numbers next to it, your story stinks. Diane also advertised consumers and potential downline that they would make more money because, quote, that's the lingo they're looking for, more money, more money, end quote. The complaint also read, in 2017, Advocare launched a program allowing consumers to sign up as preferred customers in order to purchase products at a discount without pursuing the business opportunity. Thus, the preferred customer program in place, consumers who are not interested in pursuing the business opportunity do not need to become distributors. Even with this option in place, more than 67% of distributors did not earn compensation from Advocare in the year, while another 20% of distributors earned between one cent and $200. 
The reason why I find this incredibly important is because I've often seen the excuse tossed around that the reason so few distributors make money is because they genuinely only signed up as a distributor for the discount. This proves that, at least to a large extent, that this can't be the case. If a customer really just wanted a discount for being loyal, they had the program available to them. The fact that distributors still made nothing at all and the majority made less than $200 shows that this reasoning holds no weight. What's especially discouraging about all of this as well is that according to a survey conducted by the FTC, victims of pyramid schemes are the least likely to actually complain about being scammed. MLM supporters have few or no grievances because they don't realize that there's actually anything wrong with the program. They don't realize that this scam is literally baked into the business model itself. For transparency's sake, I'll state that this is a 2004 survey, so this may or may not be the case at the very moment, but either way, the victims of Advocare were pretty unlikely to complain. Kamel, for example, may have complained about the racism that he suffered. Others complained about being fired without justification, but it's very hard for those that support MLMs to recognize the issue is with its foundation. MLMs are designed in a way that people will lose money, and most of them do. Of course, even though Advocare, the MLM, was done with, that doesn't mean Advocare themselves doesn't operate. After losing about 100,000 independent distributors in 2019 and settling for $150 million, they now operate as just a regular scheme, not a pyramid-shaped one. This revision of their business model naturally upset our pal Dan McDan, who, of course, made quite a bit of money scamming people. In fact, it upset him to the point where he and his wife even challenged the FTC attempting to refuse to settle with them. They, quote, challenged FTC's statutory authority to bring suit in federal court seeking monetary relief, end quote. This couple were just professional scammers and they've got the nerve to talk back to the FTC themselves like, damn, that is some real arrogance right there. In response to the McDaniels challenge, FTC argues that whether the commission has reason to believe a person is violating or about to violating the law to allow FTC to invoke its enforcement authority under section 13B is a determination left to the commissioner's discretion. It is hard to fathom how the FTC in its discretion could plausibly allege that the McDaniels were committing or about to commit a violation of the law given that the Advocare had previously ended its MLM compensation structure and the McDaniels had not engaged in any MLM business activity. In other words, this obviously wasn't about to fly. Well, at least that's what I had hoped for. Unfortunately, Dan McDaniel won and while he lost his job, he didn't lose his money. And frankly, it's upsetting because whether it's a Ponzi or pyramid scheme, we often hear about the countless victims not able to gain a penny back. So for Dan to have not only scammed people, but to have gotten away with it so easily, it's incredibly upsetting. And at least Advocare isn't a pyramid scheme now and it can't hurt anyone again. But before we end today's episode, there was something else a bit suspicious going on. You might be thinking, wait a minute, those reviews we went through earlier, didn't some of them say they were from independent distributors? And didn't the reviews themselves state they were from six to seven months ago? How are their supposed distributors reviewing a product from two months ago? Well, that caught my attention too. So I scrolled down to the bottom of the Advocare website and looked just a little bit closer. And what do you know? There's a little link that says become a distributor. And if you click the little link, well, you're invited to become a distributor. So I called the number on this page to be sure it was in service and it wasn't just a dead link. And uh, guess what? It worked. You can literally still become a distributor with Advocare. And considering that they say share and sell, promising a personalized referral link and say that you can build your customer base, well, this still looks a lot like multi-level marketing to me. 
But just as I think I caught them in a lie, as it turns out, it's not multi-level marketing, but single level marketing. In other words, they'll pay compensation based solely on sales to direct customers. The retail and preferred customer programs will remain intact. Advocare Distributors have been helping change lives since its founding in 1993 by providing premium wellness products to those looking to reach new health and fitness goals. And that will not change, says Advocare's former CEO and current chairman of the board, Reed Ward. We're proud of the growth of our preferred customer program we launched in 2016, which has grown to almost 400,000 discount customers. We look to reaching even more customers with a new business model. So what has Advocare learned? Nothing. Nothing at all is the answer. Even though Advocare may not be able to use multi-level marketing to scam people, the fact that they still have distributors at all proves that they want to be as close to an MLM as possible while still towing the line that the FTC drew for them. Not to mention, it's not as if single-level marketing can't be a scam either, even if it may not be as quite as intense as an MLM. After all, Kirby, Tupperware, and Pampered Chef were all originally single-level marketing before they turned. Plus, they all are members of the DSA, the Direct Selling Association, along with Advocare, who lobbies against consumer rights laws. Apparently, not only is it a top 20 member company, but its former CEO, who's been banned from multi-level marketing, is in the DSA Hall of Fame. So even if they may have changed, it doesn't undo the damage they've caused and the damage they could still inflict in the future. Whether you consider Advocare to just be a shady or manipulative cult or somewhere in between, one thing's for sure. They are not advocates who care, unless that means they care about themselves, in which case that would be accurate. But with all of that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode of Multi-Level Marketing. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did learn something new, make sure that you're liking, following, and subscribing so that you can stay up to date on all the latest episodes. And if you wanna connect with me outside of these episodes, make sure you click on my Linktree link in the description box. It will have a nice little organized list of all my social media and other projects that I'm involved in. So thank you so much for making it to another episode. It's great for you to be here and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.